Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my interview today is with Don Chimay. He's a, an actor, he's a writer, he's a producer, and he is starring in the new film, The David Dance, uh, that's currently playing in New York City and is playing also, just been released uh, in Toronto as well. I'm going to encourage you to, uh, to get out and see the film. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's a relational, it's a highly relational and intimate film about a guy who is trying to, I guess you could say it's about a radio show host that's trying to find his voice. And I think David and Don would both agree with me. Don and I talk about uh, what uh, the autobiographical nature of writing. We talk about this as being a story that, you know, that has universal appeal and, and, and how we all feel different and are really just trying to fit in. We're all just trying to, in some way, uh, feel at home. And this is, again, about a, uh, a, a, a person who is... I guess you could say kind of standing standing on the outside in a way and yet uh, oh so uh, very much included so I hope you uh, get out to enjoy the film and I think you're going to enjoy this interview as well with uh, Don and what's interesting it was funny for me because I think at one point I actually referred to Don as David in the interview and, and, and if you see the film or if you listen to the interview I think you're going to understand why davidpecklive.com for more information about my podcasting and speaking and writing uh, you can find the copy of Real Change is incremental there. Also, rabble.ca for more of uh, my podcasts, but also a whole host of others. So check those out there. And uh, coming up, Don Chimay and the David Dance. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest today who apparently, as I've just found out, is actually on location. Uh, Don, Don Chimay is here with us today. Don, thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, David. Thanks for having me. So, so tell me a little. Define on location, Don. It sounds like you've just come out of a screening, a Q and A, fresh off the stage of a Q and A. Glad you could take the time. You're you're in the middle of a festival, aren't you? Uh, no, we're not. Actually, we're running here at the. It's our uh, theatrical release uh, in New York City 
of The David Dance, uh, which is a film that I wrote, produced, and I star in. It's directed by April Winnie, and we're here in New York City at the Chelsea Sinopolis. It's, uh, on, it's 260 West 23rd Street, and we have five screenings all day from yesterday, which was Friday the 14th, October 14th, through October 20th. We have five, screens, uh, five screenings all day. And uh, yeah, we're right here in Chelsea, in New York City. Nice. I uh, I'm I'm sorry that we're not actually doing the podcast face to face. I wish I could. I wish I could join you for drinks after tonight's Q and A. <laughs> so, writer, director, producer, and or sorry, writer, producer, uh, star. Uh, this this story, this this film, really comes out of a play that you wrote a few years ago. T- tell me, can you tell me a tiny bit about that genesis? And I really, I really do want to. Uh, and actually, before we get into the genesis and 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 the, and the dialogue around the film, uh, congratulations. Oh, thank you, thank yeah, you very much. Yeah, and and just congratulate. How how's the film being received? Even even in these past few few days. Um, everybody really loves it. I mean, I I really. When I, I knew that I wanted to write a story that had a, a universal appeal, you know, I mean, I mean, the, it's about um, the universalness of how people feel different uh, about themselves. I mean, so the main character in the story uh, is gay. His name is David, and he's the host of this local radio show called Gay Talk. And um, his single sister asks him uh, to be a father figure for this orphan that she's... Uh, decided to adopt and it's really about him overcoming his self-esteem issues in order to have the courage to have the full life that he's always dreamed of and you know i mean his self-esteem issues have sort of always gotten in the way i mean as the as the as the film progresses we sort of understand the genesis and the root of those self-esteem issues and yet and yet and yet what's interesting to me, uh, I almost called you David, sorry about that. <laughs> A lot of people do, it's okay, it's like I answer to both now. <laughs> you answer to both now is a funny response. Um, so Don, there's a sense in which, um, for me, uh, I mean I really, I mean you come out and, and, and speak about that that universal appeal almost through through metaphor and through, but, it, but it's really to me your... Your, um, I don't know. It's the tone. There's a melancholic tone to your character, to you, uh, that really comes through in this film. Uh, that that I think a lot of us kind of. I don't know if you'd agree with me on this, but I think a lot of us actually ignore. Mm-hmm. Does that does that make sense? Like, there's this there's this fear. There's this. I mean, aren't we all in a sense kind of running from something? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us do. I mean, I think a lot of us hold back on our lives, uh, and that may be because of self-esteem issues. It may be other things. I mean, but I think, you know, for me, it was always uh, self-esteem, and I think that's something that comes up for artists a lot, you know, um, because, you know, you can be out of work times, and, you know, it's not a a real super steady industry business, you know, and... um, so yeah, um, it was. I mean, it was always about self-esteem and how language, people's uh, sort of reckless use of language, can affect other people's self-esteem, and you know how important it is to be uh, careful with language and how you use it. And and there's a big uh, theme in the film as well. 
the great, great phrase, the reckless use of, of language, the damage that we've done to others. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's something that, I mean, I think it's even more, become more prevalent. I mean, I wrote this, I wrote it as a play back in 2003. I mean, that was a, a while ago. It was originally at the New York International French Festival. We did it at a small theater in Washington, D.C. in 2006. And friends told me that I should adapt it into a screenplay. So I started working with this other director in New York, and it turned out, I mean, we didn't, he was originally supposed to direct it, and then we didn't have enough, we didn't, we didn't have all our money and stuff together to do it at the time that we planned to do it, and he was going to move on to do an MFA program at Columbia. So I kind of raced around, and I found, um, I had an ad online, and uh, April Winnie, who's directed several episodes of The Fosters, which is an ABC family drama, she responded to my ad and she sent me a copy of her last film. I loved it, and I sent her a copy of the script. She almost immediately uh, called me back, said she'd read the script and that she loved it and that she was crying. And I kind of knew at that point that uh, that I found my director. But uh, I mean, and, so and, we met in New York and did a lot of collaboration and, and pre-production. You, you say you say you found it, it was through Craigslist, was it not? The uh, did I, did... <laughs> well, that was one of the places that oh, I had. Okay, a place. okay. <laughs> but yeah, but, I, I mean, yeah, I pretty much was like uh, because we were sort of ready to go into production, and I didn't have a director in place, so that's right, pretty right. Yeah, kind of kind of important, eh? As producer yeah. to have a director <laughs> in place, yeah. yeah. I, uh, you know what? I'm old enough to poo-poo social media, and yet yesterday I met a woman through Twitter as a result of my podcast, and we have hit it off. She lives in the area. We are of kindred spirits, and uh, we are working on similar initiatives. And the passion in the it was just wonderful. And you know, we met through social media. It's it's so so it works. It does happen. You know, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we have a social media team for the film, and I was. Yeah, no, it helps. It definitely does. It absolutely yeah. does. I love the fact. I love the fact. That the irony. It comes right out. Chris's character uh, sa- says it in the movie. You know, the the irony of the radio show host who can't talk, who who has yeah. a, who has a problem, <laughs> who has a problem relating to people face to face. It seems, mm-hmm. or maybe, or maybe he just. It's not that he can't be bothered, but he's just. He's he's he's. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Tell me, is has David realized? Uh, does he understand this this uh, idea about about the damage that we can do through language? Do you think so that he holds back? Because uh, to me, right out of the gate, the idea that you know, just say something, just say something. Right. Uh, you know, a radio show host not able to express his feelings is is pretty interesting uh, premise for a film or for a story. Well, I think, thank you. I think, I think the radio is his outlet. It's the only way that he can speak. I mean, I, I can relate to that. I mean, I've never been on a, ra- I've never hosted a radio show in real life. That was totally fiction that I made up on my, my behalf as a writer. But I've, I, what, I mean, as an actor, I can relate being a very shy person in real life and being able to express yourself through a character, finding that that voice either through a, another character that you that and, and it gives you a permission to if you can hide behind something in david's case he hides behind the microphone if you think about it i mean people don't see his face they don't necessarily know who he is so in a way he's hiding when he is speaking on the radio but he is actually speaking his mind so i mean even though he's a real shy person in real life it, it's the radio that gives him the outlet 
you know. Well, and the and the ability it seems to to speak truth into in you know to speak to speak yeah. light into darkness almost. You yeah. Know? Which which I think is wonderful. I love I love Thanks. the I yeah. love the fact that he says. I think it's uh, he's talking to Kate. I think uh, I don't know if it's in the flashback or where it is, but. Uh, something about you know when I'm on the air I have to be a different person because yeah uh, you know yes. but here the best part is Don somebody might be listening and and I'm getting I'm actually getting a bit of a shiver at that because here's this oh. guy who's got this care and concern for his listeners somebody might be listening somebody might need help maybe somebody needs some support some encouragement some affirmation. Yeah. But he's having trouble with his relationship with his family and with Chris. You know what I mean? It's really right. quite, quite, quite a uh, well. And I think on some level, we all, we, I think we all face that, as you say. It's, it's absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, he he faces it in his own life, and he knows that other people need it because he's faced it in his own life. You know, I mean. So is the radio is the radio show a support mechanism for him, uh, for David? But is it also, in a way, a support mechanism for others? It's a way to, you know, here is this guy who actually really does want to talk. He wants to create dialogue. He wants to have a conversation. Absolutely. I mean, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think. I think he does. He just doesn't know quite how to do it at mm. first. I mean, usually he says at one point in the film, oh, you know, we're usually just about fluff. And, you know, he's hiding. He's still, even though he's out, he's, I mean, he's out to his family. He's out in real life. He's still, there's this idea that he's still hiding and not really fully out, out, not fully really living his life because of these deep-rooted sort of ideas that he has, really internalized about himself, you know, that, you know, he heard, you know, maybe, you know, if somebody hears the word faggot, they, I'm not even allowed to say that on air, but I guess I just did. You anyway. just did, and you're, to you're totally allowed to, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, what that does to a person is, you know, in, in the long term, uh, is really what the film is about, you know, I mean, it's, it, he's sort of, He's unintentionally internalized those words that he's heard throughout his, his life, you know, and I think, um, you know, we have to be conscious about what, about what we do say to other people because what we do say does have an effect on them, you know, and, and that's what he's experiencing. We're experiencing how these words can have a long-term impact on a person and how they sort of he doesn't want to admit it. He's not maybe fully aware of it until closer to the end, how they have impacted his self-esteem. Well, and it seems to be, I mean, you certainly make uh, allusions to it throughout some of the flashbacks, some of the things that happened in his childhood, but there's, there's enough of a story there to me that implies there's a whole lot more going on than we actually get to see. You know, what, what actually did happen, you know, in the home, what, what did happen at school, uh, who, you know, what, what, were there emotion, was there a physical abuse, was there emotional abuse, I mean, how deep did some of this stuff run in order for, for, for this, you know, young man to wind up here, and, and it seems like he's spent a great deal of his life here, and I, and I think I, I, you know, I woke up with, with, after seeing the film, and, and, and really, 
um, feeling empathy for for David, and and I and I think it's partially. I, I mean, on a certain level, I feel like we are kindred spirits in a sense. You know, having struggled with some of these issues myself. You know, the self esteem, the the, yeah. the 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 insecurities, right? Just oh, geez, yeah. may, maybe maybe this time, maybe this is the time they're going to say they don't actually. Uh, like what I do or what I've done, and and I think this is this is I think what I meant earlier about how I think we're all in a sense kind of running from that to some degree. Some of us face it, you know, like like you did in the film, uh, and, and others don't. Absolutely, I mean, I think um, I I think like he has that conversation with June towards the end, and I don't think she's quite. She's a. I mean, I wanted to point and June. By the way, she's the for those who haven't seen the film, uh, listening. She's sort of a conservative radio host who S- sort of sort of conservative. <laughs> she's a conservative radio host who ha- uh, she tries to convert uh, young gays into conversion therapy, which is um, trying to change them from being gay into straight. Tries to tries to point out the facts and tries to you know steer people away from that or just let them know that there is you know if they are you know not are not comfortable being gay or if they're just coming out or whatever he tries to give them some information that they might be need but anyway she um, I wanted to point up the similarities that they have that they right. are both struggling with the same issues actually I mean she you know, feels like a freak herself, and David, you know, she feels the same way about herself that David feels about himself. They both, they're both kind of damaged in some way, but yeah, she hasn't yeah, fully... Yeah. That, I think that's a great way to put it. They're they're both kind of damaged in some way. I mean, she, she, she makes the accusation at one point, and uh, I don't need to remind you, but, but she makes the accusation of saying, you're not really whole, are you, David? Right. And, and I mean, really, I mean, isn't it, isn't it, isn't it about her sh- at that point, shining the light into her own soul, into her own world and, uh-huh. and, and saying, uh-huh. this is, I'm, I'm just as broken as you are, whatever that means. And, and, and I guess, you know what, David, uh, sorry, Don, what, what blows That's me, okay. <laughs> what blows me away is how willing, uh, we are to, I don't know, separate, divide, um, you know, build walls instead of look for opportunities for you know to build those bridges. And and I'm, I guess I'm going down the cynical road now. But and I know that. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. But and I know that's what you're trying to do with the film. And you're saying we need to reach out. We need to embrace. We need to include. And 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 I mean, are you are you in a different place today, having written the play, having having you know uh, Q and A's, writing the screenplay, going through the process? I, I understand there was some, uh, you know. Uh, you know some some struggles making the film. So you know where are you today that you weren't? You know, are, are you more of a bridge builder today than you were when you first started this? You know this this writing I, project. Now? I think I am, and I think when you begin that process of healing yourself, I know that sounds corny, but I mean you know, and I think part of that healing was actually for me was actually making this film. That's good. You know, just just sort of like being able to put it out there and let people know you know, uh, you know, in a healthy way that this is, this is something that I've experienced and hopefully other people can gain something from it. Absolutely. You know, I've definitely, 
had more confidence, you know, but I still, you know, uh, you know, filmmaking is, you know, the, the, once the film is done, the struggles continue. Yes, ab- ab- absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Hey, to, you know, what, to what degree is this, is this story about, um, I mean, obviously it's about the future and it's about what's next and, and, and so on, but it's really about, uh, you know, don't you at some point in the film, uh, I'm just qu- quickly scanning my notes here, you mm-hmm. talk about, geez, I wonder, <laughs> and because I don't live too far away from Buffalo, and I know Buffalo fairly well, I, you said... Where uh, are you? Uh, I, live, I live in Toronto, so not... not oh, right, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so you said, I wonder what my life would have been like if, correct me here if I'm wrong, if I'd stayed in Buffalo. And, and, I, and I, I heard the line, and I kind of laughed out loud, and I said, oh, well, it would have been worse, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Buffalo's. I don't want to say anything. It's kind of. I would say I enjoyed my time, and uh, you know, I enjoy going back. My parents still live there, and uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of really great things to be said about Buffalo too. But I but I wonder metaphorically, you know, metaphorically, what you were actually. I don't know how conscious or how intentional that was, but absolutely no, it was very intentional. You know, I mean, I felt you know. From this character's perspective, where he was, it was supposed to be very where he was starting from, where he starts from in the film is very cold and barren, and where he ends up, he takes this journey. Uh, he ends up in a very let's not only metaphorically, uh, but in a very warm place, and that was very intentional to, that he would go on this. I knew he had to go on. He was going on a. A mental journey, but he was also going on an actual. I, I wanted the audience to see him go on an actual physical journey, where he ends up at the end of the film, you know, too as well. So he, got, where we see him at the beginning, he's the the weather of the city sort of reflects where he is in his heart. He's sort of cold and kind of empty and kind of shut down. And as the film progresses, we see how he grows and how these the memories that he have actually inform him about his past and help him get through the the present and the future you know the 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 line uh, or the scene i think it's near the end of the film and you know nothing worse than being gay and afraid of not fitting in and yeah. and i would almost say that 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 it's almost there's nothing worse than just not fitting in you know yeah. And 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 I think back to your earlier comment to kind of come back full circle. This really is a, a universal story in a sense. It's connected to uh, broken relationships. It's connected to bullying. It's connected to so many things. And yeah. and and I think following up from that, and I and, and I'm, I'm I'm going somewhere with this. Trust me on this. Uh, but you know, well, welcome to the wonderful world of who you really are. Says your character. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what I keep. You know, I'm going to say it a third time. I think a lot of us are running from who we really are. And, yeah. and and we're trying to 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 medicate, you know, yeah. in one way or another. And and so uh and what I love, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but what I love yeah. is, you know, wholeness or healing, whatever that means, small H or capital H, either way, um, is to be found in others. It's to be found in community, it's to be found in family. I mean that's 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 what I took away. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean he he become, becomes whole when he creates his family again after he's lost part of it, you know. He he becomes a whole person again, you know. And I, I, you know, it's one of the important things that he discovers is that his problem that he has is 
this feeling of sort of being different. It's not unique to being gay. It's everybody's problem. Everybody feels it. And you're right. We can't, we shouldn't be medicating ourselves in, in, <laughs> in other ways. I mean, we should be, this is part of the, the human experience and we have to take the mm. good with the bad. We have to embrace the grief in our lives and the confusion. And, and I, I think you're right. I mean, a lot of us don't want to deal with it or acknowledge that something's really happening. So, you know, and we have, um, you know, uh, drug companies telling us that we should be yeah. <laughs> taking something for it <laughs> to make it feel all better. And that's, you know, that's not always the case. I mean, well, that's well, not. I, absolutely. And I think, and I think forms medication can come in a variety of forms, right? It doesn't, it's not necessarily a, 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 a prescribed at a pharmacy or, or purchased right. at a liquor right. store. You know, you can, right. you can, you can medicate in so, so many different ways. Well, listen, I, I, uh, I, uh, congratulations again on, on, Thank uh, you. Uh, 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 oh, and I have to say my, uh, I mean, you know, obviously had uh, favorite moments throughout, uh, your film as, as with any sort of story or film that I watch, but probably my favorite is, is the, is the, the gift of the Etch-a-Sketch and, uh, <laughs> to, 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 and we'll leave it there. So for people who, who, uh, haven't seen the film or have seen the film are smiling right now, but for those who haven't, perhaps that will be, uh, one extra, uh, 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 you know, inkling to get out there and to see the film. So, so um, what is next? So it's the, um, just to be clear too, for those of you who are interested in uh, more, tell, tell us more too, uh, Don, but it's the, the daviddance.com is the website. You'll find out more there about the, the filmmakers, about the, the April Winnie, uh, the, the director and uh, what's going on with the film and what's gone on with the film. What's, what's next for you guys with the film? Done. Toronto. We're going to be playing at the Carlton Cinema. Awesome. We open Friday, which is I think the twentieth or the twenty-first. So basically, I, next next weekend. So we're we're yes. going to, oh, that's fantastic. And how long are you in town for? Uh, a, a week. Same. We'll be playing a whole week there as well. Oh, wonderful. Well, who knows? Maybe we'll get an opportunity actually to meet face to face. Yeah. No, I would love that. Thank you. So thank, thanks again for your time, uh, Don. I really appreciate it. I wish you well with uh, the next few few um, uh, screenings and the Q&As uh, coming up. And, and again, for reminding us all that this idea that feeling different, is it, it really is universal and, 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 and there is hope, you know, to be had in tomorrow. Thank you, David. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. 
Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.